honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Good to be back on board talking about the Timberwolves again. Regular season basketball, but not a very fun start to the season as the Wolves at this moment are 0-2. That's right, 0-2 when you thought that they were going to be 2-0 pretty easily. Like, just as easily the Wolves could have yeah, been 0-2. That's what's the extreme frustration starts out the season here. But unfortunately, at this moment, those facts are speaking for themselves. Uh, ouch. Uh, let's just get right into it and we'll get to the point here. Wednesday, October the 26th, the Wolves open the season in Memphis, Tennessee. A place that I kind of was thinking wasn't going to make the playoffs this year. And I don't know. I don't think the Grizzlies are that good. I, I, I really don't. Um, but they do have players that count in this in this league, without a doubt. Uh, Mike Conley is getting paid a lot of money for a reason. Maybe, maybe in my opinion, he's making a little bit too much, I think, a little bit. Uh, Zach Randolph, I think, is way past his prime, but it seems like every time we play the Grizzlies, things kind of tend to favor him just a little bit. And Marcus Stoll just, man, I mean, you know, on paper, he's not that he wasn't that spectacular, but at the same time, Jiminy Christmas, it's just like the physicality between the Wolves versus other teams at this moment is irritating me, and I mean extremely irritating. Um, you're not really seeing a whole lot of punch back out of this team. You're seeing this team come out of the gate looking like world beaters, like they can just roll right over you. But it's like the same old story. It seems like that's the case. It's been going on for years, like 10 years now. I mean, heck, even 20 years, you know, back maybe 15 years ago when the Trill Brandon, the best first quarter player in NBA history. I don't know, man, whatever. Uh, the Wolves lose 102 to 98 in Memphis, Tennessee in the season, season opener. Now, it's not fun to start the season off on the road with their first two games. It's not the easiest thing in the world. But there's a trend here that I'm noticing, and I'll get to it immediately. That's like the first thing to talk about here. Topic one is, well, you know how Carl Anthony Towns is looked on as one of the next great players in the league, and some people go as far as to say a future league MVP. Sure, um, the possibility of that exists, but I'm telling you, it, it ain't there yet. And, you know, it's too early to be talking about that, certainly for this season, and most of you already understand that. But you're getting the response from players on other teams that have been all-stars in the past and still are very likely all-stars currently, and they're approaching it as if, like, screw this guy, we're better, I'm still better than him, I don't like this attention he's getting, and that's a vibe I'm getting in both of these two games, a very common thread. Um, Mark Gasol, now Carl Anthony Towns, to start off the game, looked like he's going to be the next, I mean, anything. I mean, he, he was hitting three-pointers like it was ease. He was hitting his mid-range shots like it was nothing. He was shooting like 75% at a, at a stretch there. Maybe it felt like 100 the way he was going. He was making his mid-range shots in his sleep. He was hitting three-pointers, flying right past people, even blocking shots. And then you saw Wiggins block a shot, kind of like a LeBron James, kind of coming up behind the guy and blocking it away. It was awesome. It was very exciting. And how could you not be <laughs> excited when you see that and you see the Wolves go, jump out to 21-3 to three leads? But... To see it evaporate as quickly as it did. I mean, it evaporated like liquid nitrogen does when you pour it on the floor. I mean, it just, just whoop! I mean, really? How, how does a lead like that evaporate that quickly? I know Memphis is a decent team, but you know what? If you want to make the playoffs, this is a team you have to beat. If you want to make the playoffs, Sacramento is a team you have to beat. I'm not at DEFCON 1. I'm not saying fire Tom Thibodeau. I'm not saying trade Carl Anthony Towns. I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins sucks. And he certainly does it, that's for sure. But there's just little things that are irritating me right now. And it's the same things that have irritated me for years and years and years and years all the way back to the Rambus era. But there's things that kind of came into this era. The Kevin Love era with Rubio. And then the, the, the Wiggins and Towns and the Wiggins and whoever and the Sam Mitchell, the Flips Honors, whatever it is. I mean, we're going back to Randy Whitman here, folks, with some of this stuff. 
even further than that, <laughs> to be quite fair. But at least to Randy Women, that's the Timberwolves explosion, uh, the original days, the genesis of Timberwolves explosion back in 08 when Randy Whitman was taking over as the head coach long-term, much to my chagrin. Um, here we are. Uh, here we are. Here we stand. 0-2. Um, where do I go with this other than Carl Anthony Towns got manhandled out there physically by Marcus Stoll in this game and against the Sacramento Kings by DeMarcus Cousins. It's extremely frustrating to watch. And you saw an unbelievable amount of confidence from Carl coming out. And as the games progressed, you saw it kind of vanish. And you see him getting blocked by J. Michael, J. Michael Green. J. Michael Green. Ah, J. Michael Green. Who the hell is J. Michael Green? I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, he's a, oh, he's a starting core for, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, okay. I, I guess so. Um, that's great, but Jiminy Christmas, he just rolled right, I mean, he just beat up Carl Anthony Towns, and I didn't understand it, and he went right past him on multiple occasions as well. Again, it's not DEFCON 1, but it's an irritating start to the season. It's irritating when you know this team probably can and should be able to beat the Memphis Grizzlies, but then you get this painful reminder, like, the Grizzlies have been to the playoffs this amount of times, and you're not ready yet. Well, God dang it, when are we going to be ready? You know, that's what I'm. That, that that's where I'm getting pissed off. And you can figure out what I'm really trying to say there. I got to stop stop that. But you get the idea. Uh, why is Zach Randolph still able to manhandle through like the Carl Anthony Towns and such? It's really irritating. Uh, Rubio, can I say this, please? Can I please say this? Rubio's out there, and you know who you are. Those of you on Flips Army and other places. God bless you. You can love Rubio all you want. And I like him too. He's a wonderful passer. And he made some great passes in this game. He had eight assists total. But Ricky Rubio has hit his ceiling. Is it okay to say that now? Is it too soon? Is it too soon? This is Ricky Rubio's ceiling, folks. You might see slightly better shooting on occasion. I mean, you're going to see better shooting than one for five. Yeah, you're going to see better shooting than one for five as I try to slow slow down here, calm down a little bit. But... Seriously, this is, I think, I think we're at a point now we can all kind of realize how it's, what it's boiled down to. This is Ricky Rubio, folks. He's going to get four points. He's going to get 12 points. He might get 18 once in a while. But this is Ricky Rubio. He's not going to average 18. He might average nine or 10 points a game. He might average eight or nine points, assi- uh, eight or nine points, eight or nine assists and about four or five rebounds. He'll, he'll take up the passing lane, steal the ball and all that. But this is Ricky Rubio. This is what you're going to get, ladies and gentlemen. He, Ricky Rubio has reached his ceiling. I'm announcing that here on Timberwolves Explosion. And I'm sure I'm probably not the only person to say it, but I'll say it anyway, regardless. You're hearing it from me. Ricky Rubio has reached his ceiling. If there's any more of a ceiling, it is very, very slight, folks. This is who he is. Take it or leave it. Ricky Rubio is what he is, and this is what he is. He's good for an athletic team to distribute the ball to. But at the same time, occasionally, you might want a point guard that can keep the defense honest a little bit. You might want a point guard that might be a little bit better at man-to-man defense. And I think that guy is on the roster. I'm not saying Chris Dunn, (laughs) out of Providence, is ready to be the starting point guard for this team. But I do think Chris Dunn is capable of being a starting point guard. How about that? Is that okay to say? I really like the man-on-man defense Chris Dunn brings to the table. He's stuck with his man the entire night. And that is a huge <laughs> Achilles heel on this team right now because dare I get back to this. See, after the Wolves lead started to evaporate, what did we what did we start seeing once again for the 99 billion time? Well, of course you saw the fast breaks. You saw guys outmuscle us over and over and over again. And you can only put up with that for so long. It gets annoying to watch to a point you just want to start breaking things. You just want to start cursing. You want to start ranting on Twitter, on Facebook on Instagram, eh, to yourself, out in the middle of the street, whatever it is, you want to start going apeshit, pardon my language, when you see us getting out muscle time and time again, it is so annoying to watch, that was a huge thing, but what's the other thing, the other Achilles heel, that really is the Achilles heel, ladies and gentlemen, it's in two words, perimeter defense. 
Uh-huh. Perimeter defense. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I, I need to get that sound effect. I think it'd be great. It's uh, A lot of people have it. I don't. Maybe uh, Hank McCoy, if you're out there listening, please send me that, because I know you have it on your show. Can you please send me that, if you could? Or at least point me out and where to get it. The dun, dun, dun. Yeah, like that, oh my God, you know, kind of. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> Zach Levine, the catch and shoot was working. And it was great, and he hit three of six from downtown, and he kept the Wolves in the game, and he helped the Wolves build a lead, all that good stuff. Three of six from downtown, but inconsistent ultimately. Um, bad shots at, uh, in a lot of occasions, kind of attacking the basket, maybe a little ill-advised attack to the basket. Uh, Wiggins, you saw that on occasion. You saw Towns get blocked time and time again, and it drove you crazy. But how many times did I see in this game and the other game, you can almost merge the games together. This little section of conversation that I'm getting to right now is merging both of the games together. How many times did you see the ball moving around, players on the perimeter doing what they do? You know, they they just kind of, they slide around, they get open, they dance around to get open on occasion. You know, the, a play's developing, whatever it is, passing the ball around, moving the ball around to get the, the to hit the open man from the outside. What does Levine do all the time? He bites. He bites. He goes down. He follows somebody down below, and you got somebody standing wide open on the perimeter, and it's constantly. Be it, and, and that goes that goes to Rubio and others. Conley, four of five from three-point range. James Ennis, four of five. You even see Wiggins doing it. Jim Michael Green hit both of his threes. Are you freaking serious? Um, nonstop. Zach Randolph, one of two. They hit 11 of, four, of 24 in the game, and it felt, and it was a lot better at one point. They started clanging him later on. When it didn't matter as much, well, it kind of always did, but um, they started clanging them a little bit here when the Wolves started to make a slight comeback. But uh, you saw it. I mean, you, you saw the same thing where a guy gets the ball ready for a simple catch and shoot. All he has to do is catch it and release right away, and Levine's facing the other direction. Sometimes, sometimes regardless, you, you want to do a lot. You want to follow the defender, try to get a steal, try to help out on defense. But sometimes you need to just stay with your man, you know, once in a while so you don't continue to allow this to happen. The floodgates be wide open. You need to stay on your man. And that's what Chris Dunn does. And that's what I'm not seeing out of the Ricky Rubios, out of the even the Wiggins, yep. Zach Levine especially. Especially Zach Levine. Uh, Brandon Rush, like, no defense at all. I mean, absolutely nothing. Shabazz Muhammad's defense is not that good either. He was getting beat too. You're seeing guys facing the other direction. When players on Sacramento and Memphis are are catch are already catching the ball, it's already in their hands, and a half second later the ball's released already, and it's over. There's nothing you can do. You're at the mercy of the shot itself, uh, the shooter himself, if he if it's a good shot or not. And in the NBA, it's a it's a good shot very frequently when you're open like that, very frequently, especially in this day and age when people are you know shooting threes religiously and practicing them religiously now because that's part of the game now. Players aren't driving the basket as much because of those gosh damn charge calls that everybody's trying to get constantly. That's one of the reasons we're stuck with lousy three-point shots half the about 50% of the game nowadays, which I think is boring basketball. Uh, a lot of you like it. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of annoying to watch, actually. <laughs> I like guys that would drive and slash slither to the basket and maybe make a dunk or a nice layup plays like that. And, of course, the end one, which Wiggins is spectacular at, in my opinion, and is only going to get better, and Towns will hopefully get better at as well. But, um, you know, I mean, we're getting beat in this category nonstop. We're getting crushed in it, and it's annoying, and it continues to happen. Night in, night in, night in, night out. You saw it by the Pistons last year, but you're seeing the exact same stuff here so far to start out the season, and you're seeing Mr. Uh, Thibodeau with his JC bums on the sidelines for whatever reason, if he's yelling at the ref or he's yelling at... Levine or Wiggins or Towns or Dang. I mean, I don't think he's going to be yelling at Dang too much. But, uh, yeah, you're seeing a lot of the same tendencies we saw before. Jordan Hill, in both games, did not see the light of day. To my, to my, uh, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit miffed by it. Um, I haven't seen anything out of Cole Aldrich that tells you he deserves more playing time than Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill has been a successful player in this league at power forward and center. And if you want to have a little bit of energy, maybe a little bit of muscle down low, maybe Jordan Hill should be in there. And yes, Cole Aldrich is physical, but he's slow as S-bomb. He's slow as crap. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, man. 
he's too slow and he doesn't really provide anything offensively. Once in a blue moon, he'll play off a little putback or a, or a wide open layup or whatever it is, and good for him. Uh, he'll create he'll create some block shots, but Jordan Hill can do that too. So I'm not sure what's going on. Um, you'll probably never see Adrian Kane again. And John Lucas, uh, the third, is on the roster. He did make it as an inactive. He's like an emergency backup. And Dias Jones may see his first minutes in the third game. We'll talk about that shortly. But, I mean, just a common thread here. Extreme frustration, getting out physical and just out-coached, out-schemed out there. And it's not even out-coached as much as out-schemed. Um, I don't think the Memphis coach is anything special. I don't even think Dave Yeager is that great either. He's the former Memphis coach in Sacramento. As we'll slowly slide into that one right now. Saturday, October the 29th, 106-103 in favor of the Kings after another huge lead by the Wolves that actually lasted after the first quarter this time around. Um, you saw a 16-0 run by Memphis. You saw a 20 20- Four to one run by the Sacramento Kings. That was atrocious. I mean, really? I mean, just just listen to that. Did you hear what I just said? Twenty-four to one. Do you do you hear that? Did you did you hear what that sounded like? Did that sink in? I mean, twenty-four to run. There's twenty-four to run. Twenty-four to one. I mean, you you listen to that and you can't believe what you're hearing. That's not professional. That's horse crap. 24 to 1 just doesn't happen, man. It doesn't happen. These are the Sacramento Kings here. This isn't the Warriors, who I hate, or and many of you hate as well. <laughs> this isn't the Warriors. It's the Kings. Rudy Gay is a softy. I've never, ever, ever liked Rudy Gay. DeMarcus Cousins is out of control and a jackass. But they had their way against us, boy. Oh, another guy, Matt Barnes, who could, oh, talk about this, talk about a punk, oh, I mean, if, if there's one guy in the league, you'd just like to punch in the face, if you could, it's Matt Barnes, you just want to go out there and hit him as hard as you can, With, you know, like a super punch from like uh, Battletoads or something, or, or, or Double Dragon, or, or Tur- Ninja Turtles, or Mortal Kombat, whatever it is, you just want to hit him so hard, you can't stand the guy, uh, yeah, and it's just, there he was again, hitting threes, and getting away with this, getting away with that, uh, and beating us down the stretch and out-rebounding everybody, which I couldn't believe. But um, I'll stop with the semi-rant, because this isn't a full-on rant here. It really isn't. If you think it is, you're crazy. I got to congrat. I, I gotta talk about Gorgie Jang, though. I mean, he looked so good coming in. He was really good the night before, getting a double-double, and he was even better against Sacramento. Um, maybe I'll backtrack a bit. He was 14, 13, 14 points, 13 rebounds against uh, Sacramento, and his mid-range shot is just, it's silky smooth, like how like how Townsend continues to develop. But, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was 12 and 14 against uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, so my, apologize for, my apologies for that. Uh, his mid-range shot has been fantastic, and he's definitely the top rebounder on the team right now. Now, Carl only got four rebounds, five rebounds against the Grizzlies, and, and mustered six against Sacramento. He was at two for the longest time. And it just left you scratching your head going into the fourth quarter. DeMarcus Cousins had 27 points. Carl had nine points and two rebounds. I mean, he was just getting manhandled. And again, it's the old, I'm an all-star, you're not yet. And I'm not going to let you surpass me. I'm not going to let you uh, pass my status as an NBA player, an NBA all-star type of guy. You're going to stay below me. And that's basically what Cousins and uh, and uh, Marcus all came, came into the season playing against Carl Anthony Towns here with, with that approach in these first two games. Um, that's what it's all about. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is, tar- is being targeted now for, for that in a big way, just like Kevin Love was quite often with LaMarcus Aldrich, who was just a jackass to Kevin Love from the get-go for whatever reason. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, guys see, a, see somebody getting all these accolades and they want to beat the hell out of them, and that's basically what's been happening with DeMarcus Cousins and Marcus Soule coming in. So Carl is a target now, and he's going to have to fight through it, and he had a look in his eye coming into that fourth quarter yesterday like he was like he couldn't believe what was happening almost. He was almost in tears. I, I felt bad for him. Uh, he's going to have to overcome it. I mean, that's part of being... If you're going to be an all-star in this league, you're going to have to overcome this obnoxious behavior from these other players. God bless the other players. I mean, they, they're working hard and they're earning the points they're getting. But boy, oh boy, um, they are, I think they're, I, I think you're almost seeing an overreaction from them at times. They'll rub it in Carl's face. I don't think Carl's 
chit-chirping all day to them like a Garnett was in the past, many years ago when he was an all-star. But, uh, I mean, that's kind of the common theme here. His teams are really targeting Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew Wiggins has been great, though. 25 points against Memphis, but, but, but... You know, he he made 10 of 14 free throws, which is nice, but he missed ones that you absolutely had to make late in the game against Memphis. In Sacramento, he missed a couple again, but it wasn't they weren't as big as the Memphis one. He was a little better against Sacramento, but he certainly was less less uh faceted in this one. He only got one block and one rebound to go with his 29 points. Fantastic driving to the basket, a nice dunk. He had a lot of layups and he got a ton of end ones. 8 of 11 from the line, Andrew Wiggins with, gosh, 25 free throw attempts in the first two games. That is fantastic, and he's averaging 27 points a game. He had seven rebounds in the first game, down to only one in the second, so kind of weird there. Very inconsistent in the rebounding, and he had some key turnovers. He looked pretty soft at times against Rudy Gay, and it was really annoying to watch. Um, You saw him get blocked by Rudy Gay, which I can't even believe, Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, These guys need to continue to develop. Ricky Rubio has a sore elbow issue now, and it's going to be reevaluated. We'll see what happens with him. Chris Dunn played most of the fourth quarter. I thought he did very well. Honestly, he missed free throws, though. Only one of four from the line. I don't know what's up with that. Plus 15 for Deng in this game. A plus 7 for Dunn. Those two guys pretty much outplayed a lot of a lot of people in this one. Shabazz Muhammad miffing a lot of people. His lack of playing time. But again, you know, this is about what you've been seeing the last couple of years. You've, especially early on, is it like 11 minutes or so? He was a plus 4. He was the only other plus player uh, in the entire Wolves lineup in this one. Uh, Rubio minus 10 and Cole Aldrich minus 10 for 0 points and 5 rebounds. I don't, again... Can't for the life of me understand why Cole Aldrich is getting more minutes than Jordan Hill, but but he is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that. Um, Chris Dunn, I thought, did very well, though. Nothing special. He's just in his second game. I'm not expecting him to go out there and uh, kick some ass, and I'm never going to expect him to be a Chris Paul type of type of talent. That's not who he is, but um, maybe he'll be kind of like a, a lesser Peyton, possibly, like a lower-scoring Gary Peyton. That could be what he'll be with that, that really tight defense that he does offer. And I'm very pleased with what I see out of Chris Dunn thus far. Um, this situation with Rubio's elbow could be the reason why you would rue the day of trading Tyus Jones if, if we traded away Tyus Jones right away because he's going to come in awfully damn handy right now if Rubio's going to miss some time because there's your backup point guard. Do you really want John Lucas III to be your backup point guard? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he's okay, but he's barely okay. He's barely okay. Um, if Chris Dunn has to start, you want it's nice to have a spark plug like Tyus Jones coming off the bench because we really haven't had a whole lot of spark plug coming off the bench thus far. So there it is. Uh, Brandon Rush, I think he brings almost nothing. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that signing. Um, Cole Aldrich is the leader in minutes so far out of that group, which I don't understand. And Jordan Hill, who I thought would be the main guy out of those three, hasn't seen a single second on the court. Uh, Vince Germano, we'll talk about with him on the fan interaction. He thinks he might be hurt or something, but I don't know. I, I, I just think Thibodeau isn't playing him, and it's kind of weird. Um, but Gorgie Zhang has been absolutely fantastic, to be fair. Uh, over 50% shooting so far to start out the season. It's gotten better and better. That mid-range shot last year was better than the year before. And but then this year, it looks like a thing. Of, it's just silky smooth, gorgeous mid-range shot. So I'm extremely happy with Gorgie Zhang, to be quite fair. Um, I kind of lumped a lot of things together here, so I don't need to keep going. Like Ty Lawson just getting left open constantly. Matt Barnes getting left open constantly. McLemore left open. Uh, those are shooting guards most of the time. Lawson is a point guard, but he plays, but he can play shooting guard on occasion too. Um, sometimes you have to switch and such, and you see Levine facing the other direction or Rubio or whatever, and it's really annoying. That's been the key, pretty much for the Wolves' losses: the three-point shooting. Um, Kings weren't as good from three uh, overall as Memphis was, but they still made them later in the game when things went majorly awry and everything disappeared for the second game in a row in terms of nice leads. It was sickening, sickening to watch in that uh, in that sense. So I'll pass out the awards so I don't drag this out too much longer. You pretty much get the gist of what I'm trying to get across. Um, this team surely, surely will improve from this, I, I have to think. But it's not the kind of start we, we really thought we were going to see. It, it kind of sucks, quite frankly. Um, so 
the Lone Wolf Award, it's going to go to two people, but stronger, a stronger version of it, like the main one, is going to go to Gargi Zhang. He's been the main guy. He, he's the kind of guy, if he's if he's injured, we're screwed. I mean, that guy is extremely valuable. He, he has become the Ibaka for the Timberwolves, and that's what we were hoping he'd be. He is the Ibaka. He is legitimately the Ibaka for the Wolves now. And Andrew Wiggins has absolutely been fantastic driving the ball to the basket. He's got this special ability that nobody else on the team has. And Zach Levine, again, 3 of 7 from the floor, from, from the beyond the arc, and he hit half his shots. So, yes, very good, but the defense not as good. Valuable offensive weapon, but I don't think anybody on this team is as good offensively uh, in, in, than, than Andrew Wiggins um, so far this season. And, and I, I well, obviously so far this season, but really long-term, I think that's the guy. And in the past, he was that guy too. He, he, he led the team in scoring last year for a reason. It wasn't just because he's, he's got one more year under his belt than Carl Anthony Towns. It's because that's who he is. I think Andrew Wiggins is the leading scorer for this team going forward, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the... Uh, Johnny Flynn Memorial, you know, I was almost going to give it to Towns with how poorly, how badly he's getting beaten around by the, uh, by the opposition. Um, he, he'll, he'll get an honorable mention for it by just, by, for just getting his ass handed to him so badly. It's frustrating, especially in the Sacramento game, worse than the Memphis one. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, you could give it to Bielitsa, who has shown absolutely nothing thus far. When he's out there, he just horses up shots that are air balls, and they're really ugly to watch. Bielitsa is going to get the uh, the first Johnny Flynn Memorial for this week. Just a non-factor coming into the season. So we'll wrap things up with that and come in and preview in a couple games right after this. Revenge is sweet as we play Memphis right away in Target Center. Time to get down to business and kick their ass. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. We'll preview three games and then send you off into fan interaction for segment number three. Wolves host the Memphis Grizzlies, their home opener November the 1st. Uh, this better be a win. You don't want to start out the season 0-3, especially with introducing the, the Tom Thibodeau Timberwolves to the Target Center crowd here in downtown Minneapolis, all that good stuff. Well, not here downtown Minneapolis, but there in downtown Minneapolis. <laughs> I'm in Brooklyn Park right now. Um... So here it is, Memphis Grizzlies 1-1 one one on the season. The Wolves are, of course, 0-2. Not that there's anything good about that. That's for damn sure. Uh, of course, Zach Randolph, Marcus Gasol, all the same people. Time to put a body on Jim Michael Green a little bit. Don't let him get the rebounds he was able to get. Be more physical. Show some, show some, <laughs> show some anger out there. Play with some anger. Play with some revenge. That's pretty much my advice coming in with this one, and I hope the Wolves are able to do that. <sighs> can't believe it. You know, still can't believe the way they just kind of romped on us after such a good start and all this, oh, Vince Carter's defense and Andrew Wiggins is so great. And, oh, it's so cool that he's still playing at 39 and he could, he could still win the dunk contest. That's my response to you guys. Sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, the Wolves need to win this basketball game. They need to take the lead and they need to hang on to it. They don't need to go out there and use all their energy, build a humongous lead, and then watch Memphis to only watch Memphis roll right back and, and take it away from us again. This is a win for the Timberwolves for me, as far as I'm concerned. I think the Wolves will, will learn from some of their mistakes, and they'll take advantage of a couple of home games here and get things back in order a little bit. Um, I don't think the Wolves are ready to be the number one seed in the Western Conference or anything. That's for damn sure. But, you know, there's no way Memphis is going to win the first two games uh, against us this season. There's no way they're going to take a 2-0 lead on the season against the Timberwolves. I think you're going to see a response from Carl Anthony Towns. You're going to see him get mad. You're going to see him step up a bit. You're going to see a 23-25 to point effort from Carl Anthony Towns. You're also going to see Andrew Wiggins continue what he started this year, and he's going to get to, he's going to get he's going to average 10 free throws the next whatever. I mean, he's going to he's going to get to that free throw line, and he'll get 25-ish against Memphis, maybe 23. Carl Anthony Towns, I think, will probably be one of the main reasons we win. You'll also more than likely see Chris Dunn make his first 
start this season, more than likely, just for precautionary measures. You have a first-round pick as your backup point guard. I think we're going to be okay, a high first-round pick. So it's okay to let Rubio heal up a little bit, and Tyus Jones can, can be a sparkle off the bench. You might see a 10-point effort from Tyus Jones from a guy who probably wants to play. You know what I'm saying? And that's how he's going to earn minutes is because he's going to go out there and he's going to play very well. Against the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, hit some threes. You're going to see Zach Levine hit threes. He's going to keep that up. He, he's a 40-plus percent three-point shooter, uh, and I see that for the rest of Zach's career, to be quite fair. He's going to be a deadly three-point threat. Hopefully, you'll see a little smarter play and more physical play from this club. You're not going to see as much of let's show up these Grizzlies as you might have saw early on in that first quarter, which was not a good idea. You don't need to show them up. Let's just beat them, and that's it. Minnesota wins this basketball game by a final score of 104 to 100. It's going to be very close, but the Wolves will come out victorious. 104-98. The Wolves will hold Memphis just barely under 100. Denver Nuggets on November the 3rd come to target center. Woo-hoo. Nurik, Nurkic, Nurkic, and Jokic, Jokic, Jokic. These are some interesting names here at power forward and center. Kenneth Vareed has actually been coming off the bench, which I can't believe. Um, It's going to be fun to see Jamal Murray. Right now they're showing him as a point guard behind Moody. I I don't know. I think he's a shooting guard long term. But uh, Harris also, another another shooting guard from uh, uh, from, uh, Michigan State, who's been starting so far this season. Uh, Daniel Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, all very, very, very familiar names to most Timberwolves fans out there. The Wolves should beat the Nuggets as well. They're also 1-1 one one on the season. Like the Memphis Grizzlies, I don't think they're as good as the Grizzlies. They're not as physical, at least I'd like to believe that. Uh, Kenneth Reed is extremely physical, to be fair. Um, Will Barton has been leading them in scoring, and that's another guy who was part of the uh, the infamous Houston uh, trade, the the trade with the Houston, the trades with Houston and such during the course of that evening back in 2011 when um, <laughs> David Kahn was trying to build enough money to buy out Kurt Rambis and the Wolves just made a trillion trades the night or just David Kahn. I won't say the Wolves. I'll try not to lower the Wolves to his standards. Jamal Murray's barely signing action has hardly done anything, so we're not too scared of him just yet. Jameer Nelson has always been a pain in the ass to the Wolves, and he's, he's you know, he's doing okay, averaging about 7.5 points for the, Grizz, uh, the Nuggets so far. Oh, boy. Yep, the two centers, though, they're kind of dangerous. They're the ones that scare me the most. Yusuf Nurkic, he's pretty good, actually, with Denver. And he's he's been good the past year and a half or so. Jokic also averaging 12 rebounds a game. He's kind of like their, uh, he's basically their Gorgi Zhang, and then Nurkic is their Carl, I guess, or their uh, um, more of like a uh, Marcus Ole or, or DeMarcus Cousins. Nurkic has been pretty good in, in fairly limited minutes. 17 and a half and set nine rebounds. He's averaging a block. He, he's a dangerous guy. And the game will be won inside. I, I think Carl Anthony Towns will beat Nurkic and will ultimately, and you'll see Gorgie Zhang be a factor as well. Um, remember the old Lemang carousel? Uh, the best player out of the Lemang carousel, it's pretty much Levine now. But actually, no, it's not. I mean, Gorgie, actually, too. Um, in the Memphis game, I think Levine will stand out. And in the Denver game, I think Gorgie will stand out. The old Lemang carousel. It's the old... Uh, Zach Levine, Gorgi Zhang, and Shabazz Muhammad. Unfortunately, Muhammad is on the very short end of that straw right now. Unluckily, unluckily for him, he's way down there. So it's pretty much between Levine and Gorgi being the number, being the third best player or even second best player. Uh, Gorgi will be the better one in the Denver game, and Levine will be the better in the Memphis game, which I might be dead dead opposite. But whatever, it is what it is. <laughs> that's that's the way I see it at this time. I think the Wolves get back to 500. I think the Wolves win both of their home games against Denver and Memphis. I uh, Denver is the kind of team they give up points, and the Wolves should be able to score against this club. They need to match the energy of some of these these Euro centers. And, of course, uh, you know, Danilo Gallinari can get hot at times. And I mean really hot. So far this season, his shooting has not been good. In fact, it's been downright terrible. 33% from the floor, 27 from beyond the arc. But he put a body on Emmanuel Mudiay and even that freaking Will Barton. He's hitting 40% of his three-pointers. And he has made every free throw so far this season. 14 of 14 for Will Barton. So far this year, he's the best player on the Nuggets right now. And not that long ago, he was just kind of a role player off the bench and still a nifty little player that the Wolves accidentally, so to speak, threw away for uh, in order to fire Kurt Rambis years ago. And he's quietly the best player on the team right now for the Denver Nuggets. 
So he scares me a little bit, but I do think the Wolves should and can, should, can, and will beat the Denver Nuggets. Um, they have some good defense. I mean, Moody is a good defender, and obviously others, the European centers are decent. They're not great. I think the Wolves will, well, the Nuggets have given up some points this year. I think the Wolves will score, it's going to be like 106, kind of a weird number, 106 to 90, no, 106 to 100, the Wolves will win the game. They'll give up 100 to the Denver Nuggets. It's going to be a scary game that's going to last a little while. Don't be surprised to see Danilo Gallinari's shock of the decade, like make a good number of three-pointers in the game along with the moody eyes of the world, uh, which that's going to drive us a little bit crazy. But I think the Wolves will outlast the Denver Nuggets. And you're going to see Gorgie play well in this one. And you're going to see... You're gonna. I mean, I, I think Andrew Wiggins is going to be a big key in this one, without a doubt. He's he's been good against Denver in the past. Uh, so has Carl, though. To be quite fair, I I think Carl's going to have a really nice rebound in the next couple of games here, and he's going to lead the Wolves to victory and get us back to 500 at the very least. Then the Wolves head to OKC, November the fifth, Saturday, November the fifth. OKC will wrap up the previews here against a 2-0 Oklahoma City club. And I said they were going to be the number three seed in the Western Conference, and I think I'm going to be right. Uh, I'm not exactly happy about it. It's it just, it is what it is, you know? I mean, I kind of think the Nuggets are, uh, the Nuggets, I think I think the uh, Thunder are better than a lot of people want to believe. Oh, boy, Roberson's a nice defensive player. Uh, Oladipo is very good. Sabonis has got a future. You even have Ilasova, who's been a decent backup power forward over the years. Steven Adams is a dangerous back as a dangerous center. Enos Cantor is a scoring machine. It's a pretty good score. I won't call him scoring machine, but Adams so physical, so good. And Westbrook is right now the early MVP right now due to his, I mean his scoring thus far has been great. He's been getting triple doubles to open up the season. Oklahoma City should win this game. Um, let's be fair here. Oklahoma City should win this basketball game, and I think they will. Uh, Russell Westbrook is averaging 41 points, 12.5 rebounds, 9.5 assists so far. I mean, that's... Oh, okay, Oscar Robertson, my God, I can't believe it. And yeah, Robertson's just been fantastic. Almost four steals a game. Oladipo's averaging 15 points, and he's been... His field goal percentage isn't so good, and his three-point percentage sucks, but he's still scoring. He's attacking the basket and putting it in there. And good for him. Um, Adams is one of the better defensive uh, center forwards in the league. Cantor scores a little bit. And he'll throw in a block once in a blue moon. And there there you go. Um, The better defense is in the backcourt, I think, with uh, uh, Oklahoma City. Chris Dunn or Ruby are going to be in over their head in this one, unfortunately, and, and that sucks. I, I don't really like Russell Westbrook. He's kind of an ass. <laughs> and to be fair, they've played Philadelphia and Phoenix. It's not like they've played, um, you know, Oklahoma, or it's not like they've played uh, uh, Golden State or San Antonio so far. But still, I mean, they took advantage of it in a big way, did the, did the uh, Thunder. They didn't screw around. Um, Oklahoma did have to go to overtime against Phoenix at home. So that's not good so far. Uh, they'll be playing the Lakers tonight. At home, so I think the Thunder will be three and zero, and they'll probably lose to the Clippers and Golden State. So they'll be two and two by the time that they play play the Wolves. But to me, that still is a win again for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Russell Westbrook obviously is going to be the by far the key of the game. Uh, Roberson is going to be frustrating to deal with. Yeah, it, it is Roberson. He's going to be frustrating. Andre, um, another player out there who's dangerous. He was another guy actually that was a part of that whole thing. I mean, it, it's never going to end. The whole uh, David Kahn trade trade night. There was like a trillion people traded away that night by David Kahn. Another one who could have been a nice defensive player uh, for perimeter defense. That would have been helpful, actually. But I think the Wolves will lose the game in Oklahoma City. The Wolves don't look on the road starting out the season. They start good, and then it goes south. I don't think the Wolves will beat Oklahoma City Thunder. And put it this way, if they do, it'll be it'll be a really, really nice win. And I, I don't think they can't win. I just don't think they will. Um, I, I just think right now, the way things are going, I think Oklahoma City is going to win that game. Maybe later in the year, the Wolves will start beating the Thunder. And then that's when things get extremely interesting. Should the Wolves be in the playoff hunt, they might be looking for a pretty decent seed as well. If the Wolves start beating Oklahoma City, you might be looking at something pretty exciting. Like I was predicting a fifth seed, which would be really, really good for this franchise compared to what they've been through the last 12 years. Um, awesome. Uh, the last time the Wolves made the playoffs, they were the number one seed in the Western Conference in 2004. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's crazy to imagine that. Um, 
I'm just, you know, the Wolves history in Oklahoma City, they've had so many, so many dramatic, beautiful, fun games to watch, but they often lose there. And it's going to be another one of those. You're going to see Levine and Wiggins score like 30-ish. You're, you're going to see Wiggins score 30 points in that game. I, I I think Wiggins is going to be the top scorer in that one. You're going to see Towns probably struggle a little bit, but he'll still muster about 20 points. It's going to be a very high-scoring, back-and-forth battle. But I think the Thunder win 108, 106, 104, 108, 104 in favor of the Oklahoma City Thunder. It might even go to overtime, and if it does, we'll be looking at 115, 113 type of thing. Um, I'm going to go with that, actually. I think this game will go to overtime and the Thunder will win 115, 113. You're going to see Wiggins with 30-plus in the game. You're going to see Carl with 20-ish in the game. And Gorgie will be very valuable. He'll be the, the main guy in the Lemming carousel. Um because uh, Roberson's going to frustrate Levine a little bit, I think, a little bit, and Chris Dunn will be in over his head. He'll probably have his worst game as a starter, so, as a starter, his worst game as a Timberwolf probably so far uh, with extended minutes. He's not going to probably have the best game. And again, if he does, boy, are we in, uh, boy, boy, do we have something to be excited about if Chris Dunn is able to really step up against Russell Westbrook. That would be uh, fantastic, but I'm not expecting that in this one. You'll see the main cog score, and you'll see the rest of the main guys not be as good. Or, I mean, the rest of the guys, like the Duns and such, not be as good as you'd hope because of the matchup is not good for them at this stage. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a fun game to watch, though, without a doubt. The Wolves will come back with the next episode, if I'm able to record, due to lawn cleanups coming up now. But uh, if I'm able to record between, I mean, within one week, the Wolves will be back on the air uh, with a 2-3 and three record. So at least you'll have 2-1 and one out of the next three, in my humble opinion. The Wolves will win both of their home games, but then lose in a thriller in Oklahoma City. And there you go. We'll be back after this for Fan Interaction. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, the final segment, Fan Interaction. It's all about you, the listeners out there. Let's start off with the Twitter. Uh, it's at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion, because Timberwolves Explosion doesn't fit. Go there and please follow the Timberwolves Explosion, uh, or Wolves Explosion Twitter account. It would be great. Uh, Vince Germano and Danae Brown got to thank you once again for retweeting the last episode with a season preview. And for those of you that haven't seen, haven't listened to that show yet, downloaded it, please do. The number is kind of low on that one, unexpectedly. I don't know what's going on out there. I don't know if you hate me because of some political rants or what the heck's going on. Um, please come back, listen to the show. Uh, for those of you maybe that haven't listened to that one yet, it's a fun preview. It's worth it. I kind of talk about all the players on the team and preview the league and such. Check it out. Uh, please, would be appreciated. And tell your friends about this show as well, if you could. It would be appreciated. Uh, I was kind of talking back and forth on there. And uh, Fake Dave Benz, this is a funny account. I like it. That's fun. When he, uh, I like that he follows me. He says, I don't see a loss in the schedule except Spurs and Warriors. That's it. <laughs> Always a little bit of sarcasm on there when the Wolves turn it off super good. Uh, Chris Walterback was saying, if they play like this every time they wear them, I'm fine with that. That being, I didn't like the uh, the sleeves. Fake Dave Benz was saying, don't forget Wolves organization is cursed, which Wolf tears his ACL first. Yuck. Hopefully nobody. Hopefully nobody, and I do remember that. That was about that was about eight to ten years ago, though. I don't I, I hope that's broken now. That whole curse is well, yeah, Rubio, yeah. Rubio was the last one. Let's try not to remember that. Um I was saying Sam Mitchell, too soon. <laughs> Sam Mitchell, who too soon? Yeah, because I was so excited about uh, how great the Thibs was. And then look what happened. Uh, was telling me Tanae Wilson-Brown out of New Zealand was saying in case we needed a uh, reminder Cat is really good, really nice first half, fun to watch, good to see Wiggins on the attack at the end of the half limited the threes in the second I wish we did that the rest of the game uh, Levi Wilson-Brown who also uh, has joined the Facebook page thank you very much, he's uh, Tanae's brother I believe, pretty sure he is um, a slightly older brother so, nice to meet you. Welcome on board, Levi Wilson Brown. Levi Brown, welcome on board, brother. Uh, today says, Dunn's defense is really something that was some incredible one-on-one stuff. Yes, because he was keeping up with this guy, and I was talking about that. Uh, 
on Twitter. I was very active on Twitter the past two games here, the first two games here. I was saying this is the first game it'll this is the first game it'll come together soon enough chemistry wise. Yeah, I was getting frustrated about something. Um what was I saying? I was saying Yeah, Dunn's defense agree, the passing game will improve. Yep, I was saying that. Yeah. Um yeah, his passing game will improve. He said even a bit of scoring out of him, which is nice and it it'll come. He's averaging about eight points already, which is not bad considering he's a backup and such at this stage of his young career. I was talking about the terrible change of events. Who would have thought the Wolves you would have thought the Wolves blew these guys out instead we lose. The offense goes to sleep. I got very frustrated with that game and I don't know how I couldn't I don't know why this isn't working. There we go. Let me follow someone back there. Sorry, Jackie Rocket. I'm not sure if they're a legitimate follower or not, but uh, they're followed back anyway for now and see what happens, I guess. Timber Builder. Yep, they like the tweet. Yep, got back-to-back games giving up huge scoring runs. This is not good. That's when I was getting mad. Britches Barnaby was also saying how I was uh, obnoxious that uh, mediocre players make us look stupid. I'm sick of Mad Barnes. That got a, quite a few responses from, or not a few responses, but more of like... Uh, likes and such. Uh, Rob, the sports, at the sports min, M-I-N-N, he says, and it will be entirely his fault. Terrible in-game management so far this season. And he's talking about Thibodeau there. I was saying Thibs has got to clean this mess up ASAP. This team is going to start the season 0-5. Yeah, I was afraid it could happen. And yeah, it still could. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, that kind of generated a lot of back and forth conversation. Uh, Bao Paulson also jumping on board and ended up, we ended up following each other at the end of the day. He was getting frustrated saying, hey, are we going to blame the coach for the first two games? Are we really going to do that? And it's like, no, kind of back and forth and we don't want Sam Mitchell back. Nah. And that kind of went on and on for a while. I was saying I'm more annoyed at the mentally weakness of the players. Bow, if I'm saying his name right, says it's so damn frustrating to lose to the Grizzlies is one thing. To lose to wannabe thugs is another. And I agree because I do not like uh, do not like uh, <clears throat> seeing uh, Matt Barnes and uh, and uh, Demarcus Cousins beat up on the Wolves. That was bullcrap. It really was um, completely unacceptable. And, and it's like they're rubbing it in our face too. Uh, Rob. The sportsman was saying Grizzlies was unacceptable with all the injuries. Yeah, we should have beaten them. They're not that good anymore. They're really not. Um, they're still kind of good, though. Yeah, and there's kind of a back and forth. kind of goes on and on. I probably shouldn't read all of it. Just mostly like just back and forth conversation there. Vince Germano saying, oh, yeah, Rob was saying he doesn't get anything that uh, Thibs is doing. And that's a Thib conversation that could go on forever. Um, uh, Vince was saying, still early, mate. They'll get it together. And I, I think they will too, but still extremely frustrating to start things out. And then he was saying, Vince was saying, I'm hearing you, mate, but they will. They and he will get it together. No need for panic stations just yet. And no, I'm I'm not ready to panic, no. But I'm annoyed with it. I'm, I'm annoyed with how we're getting manhandled and you're seeing a lot of the same crap as before. The, the open threes and guys not paying attention. It's bullcrap. Uh, there was a back-and-forth debate going on about Baz. Bal Paulson was saying Baz also doesn't play defense in his court vision of a blind bull. I don't think he's that bad, but he's not that good either, no. Um, there's a reason why he's a backup. So I kind of agree in a sense. Uh, Spark woke off the bench. Yep, that kind of kept going on and on there. Uh-huh. Let's see if we can catch up here. Ooh, yep, got both of them followed. Jackie Rocket <laughs> and Bo Paulson. Thank you very much for following uh, Vince was saying, no Jordan Hill today? And this is at Vinrock44, by the way. And I got a shout-out to the Courtside Podcast. Courtside Podcast, do check it out. There will have a show out soon, I hope. Really, really looking forward to it coming back. It's been a way since March, but the Courtside Podcast, do check it out. Um, and no, there was no Jordan Hill, and I don't understand why. Vince was saying, got me stuffed. How is he not getting minutes? He has to be injured, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm completely surprised by that. Uh... Jordan Hill should be playing, and maybe you will see him play at home. Maybe you'll see a debut of Jordan Hill. In fact, I almost guarantee it if this continues. You're, you've got to see Jordan Hill play at some point. Um, I forget where I was going. I think that's all I need to say, actually, at this moment. I'll maybe jump on it later if it comes back to me. Michael Myers, at Torian Gray, who's been following for a while, he says, uh, I was ranting about the Sacramento Kings fans, and they're always so childish, and they never stop. And, and they really never stop. They boo every second. One little thing goes against them. And they, they drive me nuts. They're like Packer fans, almost. I was saying, uh, at Torian Gray was saying, the only worst fans out there are Utah fans. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Jose... Jose de 
Quiroz, uh, I believe we, yeah, yeah, we've we've known each other for a while too. Uh, always nice guy from Spain. There, he says, it's like they don't even know who they don't even know who Boogie who he is. Yeah, I mean, I see what you mean. Uh, Torian Gray was saying, yeah, but they only sprung into existence a few years ago. I was making fun of the the, the Warrior fans and stuff. Woo, Bo Paulson says they are just mad they can't deal drugs while at the game. Woo, yeah, Northern California is a little bit crazy there. Oh, Zesty King's News gave me a follow. That's kind of funny. <laughs> and then some other stuff that I don't know what I'm... I don't know. Hmm, hmm that's kind of crazy. Zesty King's News, that is funny. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God, that's funny. <laughs> they actually liked it. Oh, man. <laughs> they liked what I said. It was Sacramento Kings fans are assholes. It's like nonstop the entire game, childish. Wow. Uh, Matt liked my tweet. I said, Gorgie, chatting up. I was tweeting Gorgie saying, you have done a fantastic job. You won the Lone Wolf Award to the Timberwolves Explosion podcast. Uh, I want to see what Gorgie said again. I, I should read it really quick. Uh, Gorgie said, there it is, big one. Opinion is the cheapest thing in the world and everybody has one. Keep talking and I will do the work. And yes, keep it up. Because a lot of people thought, a lot of you were acting like Gorgie Zhang isn't that good. And you know what? He is good. He's very good. Gorgie Zhang is a starting power forward in the NBA. End of story. He is a starter. He doesn't have to be an all-star to be a starter, ladies and gentlemen. There's not that many all-stars out there. Uh, Gorgie is a very worthy player in this league. And I'm very happy to have him on this team. We lose him, we're screwed. So let's get to the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. There is a call There is a call in line. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Timberwolves Explosion. Do your statement, shout out, question, comment, whatever it is, and you'll be on the air. You will be on the air with Timberwolves Explosion here in the Fan Interaction segment. Um, the call now button on the Facebook page also reacts the same way. It calls the number through Facebook Messenger, so you could be local, you could be from Australia, New Zealand, you could be from China, you could be from anywhere, and call in the Timberwolves Explosion that way. And the final route to the, getting on the show with the audio submission is with your voice recorder on your smartphone. Uh, simply start that up, start recording, and then email it to me at paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. All of the information I just mentioned is in the show description, and it will be great to hear your voice on here with me on Timberwolves Explosion. So let's get to that Facebook page now. Yeah, it's going to be fairly busy. Let's see. Uh, from the last show, is there any responses? There is nothing. Just a couple of shares and such. Thank you guys that did. Joe Phillips and others, thank you very much for that. Uh, I was saying this is 100% what I've been saying. Uh, they said Wolves Wiggins ready to step out of the shadows from StarTribune.com. I'm saying this is 100% of what I've been saying for the last two years on Timberwolves Explosion. This guy is the true difference maker for the Minnesota Timberwolves. We can say all we want that he needs to rebound more and that he only gets up for big games, but this guy is an assassin and a winner, or a winner and an assassin. Only one person clicked like for some reason. I don't know why. Vince Germano, not a whole lot of reaction to this one. Dan May, I have to say this. I don't want to say it, but I have to. I really don't. But um, let's just say... <laughs> He he uh, said, well, if he's an assassin, hopefully he can assassinate Trump. Please don't say that on my show, okay? Um, you know, it's one thing. We don't have to agree on politics. We really don't, and that's perfectly fine. But let's not call for the assassination of anybody. I mean, I cannot stand who's in the White House right now. And it's okay if you like him. You know, that I, I don't, I'm not the one bringing politics in the show. Dan did. So you can get mad at him, by the way. <laughs> God bless you. I'm not going to call for anybody's assassination on this show or on Facebook in any way. I'm not going to call for killing people. Let's please not do that, okay? Or, the, or let's just say the other person people would vote for. I'm not going to call for their assassination, Okay. I, I don't have to like them, but I don't talk about killing them, especially on other on people's sports Facebook pages. This is about the Timberwolves. Let's try to keep that out of here, okay? So don't do it again. That's all I have to say. If, next time you do it, you're out, okay? That's it. Anybody calls for assassination of Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton is out, okay? Period. We're not going to do that, all right? Uh, you know, you're, you're going to get banned. I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you a very, very, very long leash. 
because that's not the first time I've seen him post that, actually. It just wasn't on Timberwolves Explosion. Um, that's the last time, though. Uh, out of love and respect, because I love all of you out of Australia, I have a spe- there's a special place in my heart for you guys. You've been so supportive to the show, but let's keep that off the page. End of story. It was deleted immediately because, for one, I don't want to get <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble having that on my page anyway. Even though even though these days you'd think the media would applaud somebody having that on their page, <laughs> but anyhow, <clears throat> that's enough of my political side that I did not invite to the show. It just happened. It just happened because somebody else put it there. Okay, so get mad at them. We won't have to go back to that. Timberwolves explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves show. I might be. I might be wrong about the Spurs not winning 67 games again. I was talking about the Warriors. I love seeing them stomp the Warriors. That's pretty cool. I'm still very convinced that the Cavaliers are going to win in the in the mid-60s this year, and they're going to repeat. It's very similar to Miami in 2013. Got a little response. Yep, Luke Williams out of Warrior Land. No, he's from Australia, but he's a Warrior fan. He says, cool ya Jets, brother. First, first time on the first time of the first series outing. Dubs will get it together. Sorry, a very bad Aussie accent. Well, it probably wasn't that bad. Cool, you Jets, brother. I love it. You could just hear the Aussie accent in that. Yeah. Oh man, man, man. I was saying I don't think it's a harbinger for the season or anything, but wow, it certainly didn't take long to lose their first home game. It took the whole year last. It took the whole season, the whole year last season. Sorry. Uh, Luke was saying, thing people forget, it will take 20-odd games to get the chemistry going. And yeah, that's probably what's going on with the Wolves right now. Tanae was saying, the loss of Bogut showed a bit. Their old men just kept getting beaten by speed. But once again, they get things going chemistry-wise and style-wise. They still will do a lot of damage in the league. And yeah, I mean, the Warriors are going to win a lot of games this year. Bad start to the season, though. And it was kind of fun because I, I, I just don't like them very much. Um, I was saying, I understand I'm late, but I was so busy today. And I really was. This was back on Tuesday, October the 25th. Do you recognize the date? Do you? Do you? Yep. Exactly one year since Flip Saunders' death. Flip Saunders' death. I can't believe it. And his face is still on the Facebook page, by the way. I want to thank him again for everything he's done for the Timberwolves and for the Twin Cities. We miss you so much, Flip. God bless you. And I will give Flip Saunders once again... A moment of silence. And here we are. A comment from Tanae Brown. One year already. Still can't believe he's gone. Thank you for everything, Flip. And Yep. Amen, brother. Amen. Surprised I didn't get more responses for that. I, I don't know where is where everybody is. It's kind of weird. It's like there's a lull right now. and It's very strange. I don't know what's going on. If there's like 700 other shows and everyone wants to go to those. Why you would do that, I have no idea. Um... If it's political reasons, I, I'm not promoting politics on Timberwolves Explosion. So you don't have to agree with my politics to like this show or, or, or not like it. I, I hope that's not what it is. And hopefully you're still out there and you're still going to come back to the show. Maybe you're just busy and you haven't been listening to any podcasts lately. I hope you're still out there. I, I really do. Um, I was at Target yesterday just running a couple quick errands and I found a, oh, a free plug. Thanks to the Thanksgiving blend coffee from Starbucks is the best coffee on the planet. It's available now and I bought it right away. I bought two of them, one for me and I got one for my parents too, especially when we go over for Thanksgiving. I said, I'll get you this, get, get this for you as long as you, uh, you know, because it's a nice, big, juicy bag. Not really juicy, but a nice smell. Oh, after it's freshly grounded, uh, ground. Um, as long as they promise to uh, have it, have some left for Thanksgiving Day because it's the ultimate coffee. It brings out that herbal taste. It's just mm, 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 it's the best coffee in the world. Um, Starbucks Thanksgiving blend, number one on the planet for me. Uh, so happy you got it in the cupboard right now here in the apartment. Uh, but I saw the director of player programs and scout, Calvin Booth. There's no mistaking this guy. He's six foot eleven. He's kind of not the prettiest looking person you ever saw. I won't say he's the ugliest either. Uh, kind of a funny looking guy. And he was wearing a, a warm up like with a Wolves uh, logo on it. But apparently doesn't travel with the team or anything because the Wolves were in Sacramento by then. I would think uh, it was early afternoon, and there was this tall son of a gun. I'm like, that's Calvin Booth. Cool. I didn't go up and talk to him because, I don't know, it'd probably be kind of weird. You walk up to a guy in a coffee line at Starbucks. I don't know. Maybe I should have, though. This is at the Ridgedale tar- Target, by the way. Not surprising that he'd be out in that more wealthier area because, yeah, I don't think there's a poor NBA player, at least not too many former NBA player in this case. And still a nice, nice job there, executive for the Wolves. So good for him. 
You, you know, I I thought he played here longer than he did. He only played one game for the Bulls years years ago in the Kurt Rambis year. It was, it's been a long time since he's played. It's kind of weird. Um, let's see where we can leave off here. Uh, I'm trying to remember if I recorded between then. I yes. Uh, yes, I will continue off of yes. This is I'll start with Vince Germano. This is perfect. Final thing I'll say on KG. Yep, this is it. So this will come back from the previous episode. I totally agree with everything you said. If any of those Kool-Aid drinkers need any proof, then this is the thing that cemented what I always thought about KG and Mini. Back in 08, when the Celtics closed out the series in Detroit, KG passed up some shots in the fourth, which Pierce hit, and I'll never forget the look of relief in KG's face. This is not a knock on KG because I love KG. It's just the truth. Now, yes, it's the fact that Garnett is not the—he's not a go-to guy. He's not a give-me-the-damn-ball guy. He passed up on shots. He often gave the ball to Dean Garrett, Anthony Peeler, stuff like that, in playoff games on the road, and it drove it drove me crazy. So, yes, it's not about... I'm not here bashing the guy. I'm just giving you the full truth here. I'm giving you the the, the full story. I'm not going to just give you the Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid story like you're going to hear here in town because, oh, he made us relevant. Yes, he made us relevant, but when you're relevant, you want to be more than relevant. You don't want to just be relevant because it gets stale, especially after eight straight years of it. That's That's the thing. Okay, now I am ranting. Sorry. Um, Joseph Phillips says, Question for all. Where is the best place to buy Wolves jerseys that are not cheap knockoffs or won't fade away, break easily? Well, I'd have to say, honestly, and I'm sorry I didn't respond sooner. I'm really sorry. I should have. You know, I I kept wanting to respond, and then I'd get busy with something, and then I forgot all that kind of stuff. So you're hearing it right here. Well, Yahoo.com or, of course, the NBA store. I mean, those are the best places. I don't really trust other websites out there very much. There's probably others out there that are decent. But, I mean, NBA, the NBA store is the ultimate place. You, you would hope you're going to get legitimate stuff from the actual NBA store. Amazon, uh, Yahoo.com. Maybe not Amazon. That's risky. It might be good, might not be. Yahoo.com, though, has a lot of real... The, the stuff you get off of Yahoo is real also. So... Depends on what you want to do. Like the yeah, Yahoo, like you go to the Timberwolves page on Yahoo and then you'll see the merchandise. There actually is a thing there and it's actually pretty good. I've gotten some hats off of there in the past. I got a Celtics hat once. I got a Calgary Flames hat, uh, stuff like that. So that's the place to go for me is Yahoo, actually. And I use Yahoo very often to refer to box scores, standing stats, this, that, just to kind of get stuff together. I don't necessarily have to rely on, I don't just sit here and read box scores, but I rely on them to kind of remind me on things and just to, well, to have numbers in front of me that are very relevant to the show. Tanae Brown says, now Philip Joe Phillips is out of Australia. Tanae is out of New Zealand. He says, did you notice how much time Cat spent outside the three-point line against the Grizz? Yep. <laughs> I hope he doesn't start playing too much out there. He was so good in the paint. Maybe it was just the matchup. I guess we'll find out soon enough. And I agree. You know, you have a talented big man. Big man. Heck, I, I even used to rant on Marcus about this because he would do it. A guy who is good down low, he's deadly, but he wants to just launch threes all day. You know, I even told Marcus, a forecaster, this. Like, he's a, Marcus was a good player back in his day. You know, me and Marcus were a good, good combo. I was the Wiggins, he was the Carl. Literally. I was like a Wiggins type. Uh, kind of a swing man. Um, you, you know, when you have a guy who's, who's, who can be really good down low, you don't want him launching threes. It's nice to have that added to the game. It's great. But if that's what you're going to, if you're going to, you don't want him to turn into another Chris Webber. It'll drive you nuts. Uh, Tanae was saying, I guess it's too early to overreact, but it's a scary thought to see all that talent go to waste out there. Like Antoine Walker, that's another one. I really hope it was just a matchup issue, but he's so quick inside that he could have had his way against Zebo and even Gasol. And, yep, it's like he got scared of the physical uh, matchup. It's almost like he did. And that's not a rip on him. It's just, it seemed like they were beating up on him a lot, though. And I don't know, it's just a sign, keep getting stronger. Uh, Lynch was out there saying yesterday on the on the page, on the on Fox Sports North, he was saying as far as it could take five years for them to develop their physical bodies. I hope it doesn't take that long. God, that's a long time. Uh, Tanae was saying, I was close to recording a rant for the show after the loss. Ha ha. Hopefully the game against Zach gives us a better look at the team, which it didn't. <laughs> Not really. There was a lot I didn't understand in that game. It was the first of the season, though, and that's what I need to keep reminding myself. I've been a basketball I've been basketball deprived for so long that it's made me crazy and analytical. Same here, brother. Same here. That's why I get a little ticked off real easy, too. Um, I've seen too much of the whole uh, 
Rambeth era, the uh, Whitman era, the Adelman era. <sighs> and when Flip came for the one year that he coached again, the team was like just starting over again. So, mm, yeah. Tanae was saying, dang, really showed his value today. He was a plus 15, and as soon as he went out in the third, that's when things went wrong for us. 0-2 isn't where I expected us to be. We need to find a way to maintain the energy that they start the game with. Hopefully we figure it out soon. Can't drop any more games like this if we want to be in the playoff hunt, because these are teams you're going to compete with to make the playoffs, and I agree 120%. Hank McCoy making his return to the Facebook page. He's been so quiet, and I understand if you're busy, Hank, but... I, I miss the questions and stuff. That really, really add to the show, Hank. I got to tell you, uh, today, Joe Phillips, you guys are you guys are pillars for this show. I, I got I can't thank you enough. Please never stop posting, Vince and Hank. You got to come back, guys. You got to come back, please. But Hank did here briefly. He says, "Yeah, the squad just needs a little more time to figure it out." Thibs, Tibbs. It's actually Tibbs now, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's properly spelled. Yes, I, I need to pronounce it better. That's me here. Sorry. Tibbs will have them running before a uh, before the All-Star weekend. Uh, otherwise, they will be sitting on the bench. Love what I have seen so far from the Wolves, but things will settle down. And yeah, um, there's good signs. It's just the, the winning isn't there. And that's the frustrating part. Hopefully soon the winning will catch up. And I think there'll be a little bit of a catch up going on with a little two-game stretch here at home. There you go. Uh, again, courtside podcast flips army i uh, i mentioned it earlier but i didn't really shout out to it i apologize flips army trevor wickerin wonderful page kind enough to let me post on their facebook page but also lots of people there that interact frequently and a fun place to go but don't stop coming to Timberwolves explosion in fact i'd like to invite people to post on both pages if possible maybe some people from flips army to come over to Timberwolves explosion because some of them are on there but they don't post on there Please post the Timberwolves Explosion more so I can read it on the air. Get more discussion. It's fun. It's it's healthy. It's awesome. But those of you that did post this week, thank you very much. And it was pretty active, actually, in comparison to what it's been. And you know what? The fish rots from the head down. You know, when, when it's inactive, it's my fault at the end of the day. And I apologize for not being as active myself either. The more active I am, the more active you are. And I understand that. So I apologize big time. Um, Twitter and Facebook. Thank you guys so much for your inclusion. Thank you for your listenership, your loyalty. Please do tell a friend about the show, especially those of you that I haven't met yet. Please do tell your friends about the show. Like the Facebook page, like the Twitter account, join in the discussion, talk Timberwolves with me. You don't have to like my politics to like this show because it doesn't matter. My politics don't matter to the show. They don't matter, okay? (laughs) Just like your politics don't matter. Most of this town, I'm not going to agree with you politically. Am I coming out and bashing you on here? Hell no. Let's talk Timberwolves. Let's enjoy it. Let's let's talk about what we let's talk about what we have in common. We're Timberwolves fans who love the game, understand the game, know the game well, and um, and are capable of a respectful conversation regarding the Timberwolves. Not coming out talking. I'm, I'm smarter than you. Look who got proven wrong. I'm not here to prove anybody wrong. That is some horse crap, and I found that in some previous sites that I quickly unfollowed, un- unliked, left them for good. That's why you don't hear them on this show anymore, because I, got, I couldn't put up with it anymore. Nothing against the leaders on that page necessarily, but some of the people on there are jackasses. With that said, I'll call it, uh, we're going to call this a night, we're going to call this a day, whatever it is. Thank you again, and we'll be back in hopefully a week. And if it's two or three, it's two or three. I'm going to try to keep up with the show during the fall cleanup season as best possible. But other than that, everyone do take care, and we'll talk soon.